Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. This week, lots to catch up on. Another good week for Joe Biden and another bad week for the entire GOP field. Plus, we open up the mailbag. We've got a ton of questions from you lately with all our recent guests. We haven't been able to get to many of them, but we will today. Alex, where do you want to get started? Oh man, your chuckle when you said the entire GOP field. Very accurate. They are having a just brutal week, and, and we have to start there. So pr- big news, which uh, I know caused some some bumps in terms of other scheduled coverage at you know, places like CNN. Uh, Trump yeah, once I was again- off the air. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was supposed to go on uh, CNN to talk no labels that day, uh, that night. And it's like it, it, they called me in the morning to book me. And then right after, it's almost right after they booked me came the, the breaking news of the target letter on Trump, uh, from Jack Smith. And I, I immediately knew, uh, breaking news changes everything. I'm not going to be talking about no labels that night. And, but they, it was pretty late in the afternoon when I finally got canceled. I know Stuart Stevens got canceled too. I think, uh, uh, same thing. He was on some show that he was supposed to go on, but, uh, yeah. Hey, if you're going to get bumped, yeah, that's a lot better. I told people like the last time I, one of the most memorable times I got bumped was I was sitting on the set and they, at the last seconds, they, you know, we're breaking away from you, breaking news. You're not going to be on us. Great. I turned, you know, I turned to the monitor to see what the hell it was. It was Kate Middleton's pregnant was the breaking news that knocked, knocked people off the air. So this one's good. This one is a, uh, some, some, uh, uh, Jack Smith gave us a, yeah. something to talk about that's well, worth talking you know, about. I, first of all, it was Trump again getting ahead of it. He's been doing this lately, right? Where he puts it out on True Social saying he got a, he got the target letter from Jack Smith. So yeah. until until it was confirmed a couple hours later by other sources, it was just kind of him running his mouth again. But so it, you mentioned the target letter, Joe, and and this gets right into the question that we got like four or five of. But I, I we just picked one. Adam from North Carolina asks. Will the most recent indictment or looming indictment rumors finally stick? I've given up predicting what will or won't be the dagger that sinks Trump. And I think giving up may be the right call there, Adam. But Joe, I want to hear what you think. Yeah, I, look, uh, I think it's it's an important uh, step uh, in accountability, but I wouldn't, pre- I, I, yeah, I could predict really clearly. I don't think it's going to impact uh, uh, anything much at all in terms of Trump support. You know, it, it's pretty clear. Like, you know, no one moved away from him after January 6th. His party, look at how they're all like, you know, turning themselves into pretzels as they try to deal with this. Uh, you know, I just don't think in the end that the uh, that the Republican Party can get its act together to dismantle the Trump core base. In fact, they don't want to dismantle it. They need it. They need it to, to have any chance. And so... Yeah, he'll he'll survive this. The other thing, though, true reality is this clearly hurts him with voters in a general election, the kind of voters that that Joe Biden and Democrats need and pro-democracy need to defeat the threat of Trump returning to the White House. So it's likely to to impact there. And and that's, you know, a good problem to have uh, if for us Democrats or or pro-democracy folks. I don't see it having any impact in there. In their uh, in their primaries at all, uh, but we, you know we'll see. Uh, it's just, but I don't think it's going to be. And it, it's not the dagger that's going to 
stop him from getting the, the nomination. I also think just the reality of it is that, yeah, I know it looks, it appears from the commentary, I'm not a lawyer, but it appears from the uh, commentary of those attorneys I respect that, you know, Jack Smith, the, the kind of possible lines he's taking in the indictment would indicate his streamlined, pretty quick kind of, you know, didn't moved away from anything that would be complicated that would, that, that would give Trump a lot of ways to, to, you know, get around, you know, privilege and things like that and invoke them and delay things. But even as streamlined as this may be, and we don't know what the charge, actual charges are yet, or if, if he will be indicted, but even if he is indicted and it is a streamlined case, this is not going to get heard. There won't be a verdict before. I, I would be just stunned if there's a verdict before the November 2024 election. So this will always be there. But again, there'll be, you know, the, the Republicans will be doing it's a rich, it's a witch hunt. It's a hoax. It's, it's right. mo- politically motivated. And by the way, he's innocent till proven guilty and yada, yada. So uh, I, I just don't think that this is a dagger that's going to, it, it right. may be well, the dagger anything, he'll fundraise that eventually puts him in prison. Hopefully, uh, I don't think, but I, you know, who knows if that? Definitely not in the Republican but, primary. Yeah, not yeah, in the I Republican mean, primary. His, his fundraising's already spiked. It's spiked every time he's gotten indicted. Yeah. I mean, there are, of course, there are questions about what he's using. Yeah, you got DeSantis, what De- legal defense? But and you it got doesn't the, matter if you have DeSantis, DeSantis in the challenger. You know, who's really going after him? Maybe Chris Christie, sorta, kinda. Uh, I just don't think, I just don't think any of that, you know, he's, they're all being outspent right now by Scott, uh, by Tim Scott, Tim Scott, seriously, yeah, is spending more than Trump or anybody. Uh, I think putting $40 million on the air, you know, I just don't see how this is going to work. Too many candidates running, by the way, this is the same problem. This is the whole problem. Even if somebody, everybody got out of the race and just left it, let it be him versus DeSantis. I mean, come on. You know, in other words, well, if we just whittle it down to one. Well, first of all, no one's cooperating. Tim Scott isn't. And he's going to get, uh, you, you know, and everybody, you know, I agree with this. Most people get out of the race because they run out of money. But Larry Ellison is funding Tim Scott. It, it, you know, and he's just unlimited he bucks. He can't run out of money. He yeah, can't run exactly. out of money. So he'll be there. DeSantis doesn't look like he's going, I mean, even though he's weaker than, you know, I mean, I'll get out and we'll talk about that in a minute. It doesn't look like he, you know, he's, he's the, uh, the strongest of a pretty weak field against the, against Trump and his cult. So I just don't see any of this being, having a huge impact in the primary at all. I do think, Adam, that it could indeed be the dagger that moves enough moderate centrist pro-democracy folks towards Biden and the Democrats that happened in, uh, in 2020. But it, I think that group is bigger now and is growing a little bit more because of this. So the general, it could be the thing that, that in the end takes Trump, you, you know, totally, you know, in a way, Simon Rosenberg's been talking about, you know, can we get to 55 in uh, November 2024, that 55%, pretty ambitious. But this could be that help get to, you know, 50 into, into those bigger numbers that could really put this, you know, 
uh, the nail in the coffin here, so it's right. Well, and remember that Trump's never been over like forty-seven. No, he's forty-six point eight. So. The most he ever got, uh, which again gets to the whole thing with no labels. Don't get me started on that. But you know, they say they want more choice. We got to give people more choice. Okay, guys, folks, look, the Republican Party gave people all kinds of choice in two thousand sixteen. All kinds of candidates, sixteen, fifteen candidates. It only helped Trump in twenty twenty. Uh, for now, as we get moving closer, there's what's the what's the reason he is probably going to get the nomination? Too many candidates against him, splitting up the anti-Trump vote that that is there in the Republican Party. Um, that's going to make him the likely make him the nominee. So then you got no labels saying, "Hey, but we want to give more people choice in the the general election." Makes sense to me, folks. Right? What you let, let, if the, if they're right? We, hey, let's take them at their word. They want to do a a, a, a centrist, moderate, unity, um, pro democracy party. So yeah, well, and we want to give them more choice. Well, let's have why not have five or six of those parties? I mean, you know, the the Greens, the get get as many out there as you know, giving people a lot of choice on the pro democracy side makes no sense at all. If if you understand what's what's moving him and making it like what made him the nominee in 2016, what made him the nominee, uh, what is looks like it will make him the nominee uh, again uh, here in 2024, it's those kind of dynamics. And now you've right. got people like No Labels, um, you know, recklessly in my view, you know, basically saying no, no, uh, democracy demands more choice. Look, I want. If people have a choice. It's Trump versus democracy. And th this actually, this letter shows what the stakes are. Uh, hopefully when he's indicted, it'll become clear to the, to the real danger that had existed on January 6th that he created. We'll see what the indictment and the charges are, but hopefully it will make it much clearer what that danger is and that this is, and that's where I think this letter gets us to, it helps define that this is indeed Trump versus democracy. And this letter and, and the charges, hopefully, and the, as facts come out in the case, will make that clearer. And I think if the clearer that gets, the more likely it is that people will understand a vote, any third party candidate is a vote for Trump, that it only helps him. So let's take a break for a minute, but we have a couple more reader questions on this before we zoom out a little bit. That Trippy Show will always be free with support from our advertisers, and we try to work with partners we believe in. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you keep what's stressing you bottled up, it can really start to drag you down. That's where therapy can help. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Trippy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Trippy. Joe, before we zoom too far out, on the 2024 race. And we, we got to get to Biden because there is a lot of good news to talk about too. We had a couple more listener questions and this gets to kind of one of them. And, and I know you mentioned we talked about DeSantis. Yeah. Ryan from California asks, 
is there any off-ramp at all for Trump voters in the primary? I know you kind of just covered that, but like, what could it be? And his, his point was, or his question was, what would it actually take for them to bail on Trump? Look, he can shoot somebody, you know, Times Square. <laughs> and still wouldn't, uh, uh, and still they wouldn't take a, a, an off-ramp. They didn't take an off-ramp again, January 6th. No one took an off-ramp. They, you know, McCarthy, it, you know, mumbled stuff for a day or two and then went down and immediately went down to Mar-a-Lago, you know? So I, I just don't see that off-ramp being there. I, look, I do think if, as I said, the, the possibility that if someone could, could uh, get him one-on-one -on -one in the primaries, that there'd be, a, uh, and do it early enough, but I don't see uh, how that's going to happen. And frankly, even if it did, I'm not sure that that theory is correct. I mean, I, I uh, you know, okay, so it's him versus DeSantis, you know, because everybody else gets, you know, gets magic dust tomorrow and leaves the race and, and says, DeSantis, you go get him. Uh, I don't know that DeSantis has any chance of beating Trump. Uh, so let's say everybody gets out for Tim Scott. Uh, you know, no, I don't know. I just don't think even if um, you cleared the field for one of these people, you know, that, that they would um, have the capacity to take Trump on and defeat him, even with, even with this, this indictment, uh, if it comes down, and, and maybe other indictments that are, that are going to happen. It just tells you how far gone the party is. So it, a good number that I think maybe the poll that we saw this week that might be the most important stat about the whole GOP primary and why, unfortunately, Ryan, uh, that off-ramp ain't coming. Basically, three-fourths of Trump's supporters have made up their mind that they're supporting him, and they're not breaking away. And the reason that's so important, and Joe, as a veteran of so many presidential primaries, there's so much fluidity in terms of when candidates come in and when they drop out and when they drop out, where their, their couple percentage points go. If you're at 57, 60, 65, and three quarters of that are just stone cold locks, this is over, right? It, I mean, look, it is. It's pretty much been, been done for a while. I mean, it's been done from, you know, frankly, from the moment he came down the damn escalator. I mean, the, the he has eight years ago, yeah, seven years ago. He sorry. has hijacked the party and taken complete control of it. And the uh, you know we used to talk about hostages and hostage takers, uh, and that the party was you know he was the hostage taker, and the rest a lot of them were hostage. well. Now you can't. There's the basically they got rid of all hostages <laughs> for, for the most part, uh, or or the the sane. Uh, Non-cult members have, have left the government um, and are fighting from the outside, but what remains of the party is his. And that's why three-quarters of Trump supporters say they've made up their mind and they're not leaving him. Yeah, you could say, well, boy, there's a quarter that's going to leave or could. Um, yeah. And then tell me who the other person is, and then they'll, you know, they'll right. snap back. And by the way, you know, you look at DeSantis. I mean, this, th th he's burning through a couple million dollars a week at this point, and he's going down, not up. I fired a bunch of staffers this week. He's getting outspent by Tim Scott. We already talked about that, and by a lot in Iowa. It really is the worst primary campaign ever, it, and if it's not the worst, it's up there. Trust me. 
And, uh, you know, the problem they've got is his staff and his, you know, you fire all the, fire a bunch of staffers, but the, as Stuart Stevens says, uh, and he's been in a lot of presidential campaigns and had a lot of success, you can't fire the candidate. That's the problem in the DeSantis campaign. They can rearrange the deck chairs, but it's still the Titanic. Um, it, it's just not going anywhere. So at this point in, in the primary, I mean, is there anything that, that DeSantis could possibly do to kind of, I mean, it, it sounds like the answer is very much no, but I mean, this is just a battle against math at this point, right? Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, tell me, you know, if he got out tomorrow, who would emerge? I don't know. And at the same time, if the field said and got out for him, what, why would they? I mean, his can't, oh yeah, we'll get out because you've run such a great campaign. You're the one. Yeah, come right. on. That's not going to happen. So um, I think you, that's why Tim Scott is outspending him because Tim Scott, it, it, uh, people, donors are starting to look elsewhere. I think they were all fired up for, for DeSantis. He's proven them all wrong, uh, that he's not going to be, you know, and, and the, the more he's moved to, the, to further extreme than Trump, Right. The more that's made him less of an electable general election candidate. I mean, to the point where I, I don't think he's done so much damage to himself that he's he'd have the same same kind of problem in the general election that that Trump's probably going to have. So I think in the end, and that's so you if you've been through this like I have so many times, and you look at fields like this, then you keep looking for who's the who's the Gary Hart in this race in this field. I mean, if somebody who's Below the radar, you know, he was, I was with the, the vice, vice president Mondale in 84, and nobody saw him coming. There were giants. John Glenn was supposed to be the big, the, the, the big challenger there. But Gary Hart emerged out of nowhere and chased Walter Mondale down to the last uh, uh, primary in California that year. And he was a real formidable front runner in that in the party at the time it was it and 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 heart failed i don't see who that person could possibly be in the current field of people that are that are running right now i mean they most of them can't even you know get get mentioned in uh uh with what's going on again because even the bad news literally swirls around donald trump and sucks up all the oxygen so no, I just don't see how that that's going to play out in a way that ends well uh, for any of the people that are out there, except potentially one of them getting the the honor of being Donald Trump's vice presidential pick, which well, will be if you think really, about it, right? Yeah. You've got it's not like so if Ron DeSantis is sitting around like fourteen, and yeah. that's probably generous at this point. It's not like Trump is at twenty five and. All you got to do is bring everybody over to get Ron DeSantis over that hump. Trump's at fifty-seven, right? No, and there and he's going to be doing. We've got three quarters of the party that says I'm not leaving him. I've made up my mind, and he's going to say be saying they're coming out for me. This is the deep state. All the crap these people believe. This is the deep state. They're not trying to stop me. They're trying to stop you, and most of the field won't challenge him on that stuff. I mean, most of the field is not going to say, no, wait a minute, you know, you should be in jail. Which one of them is going to say he should be in jail? Not, 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 hey, maybe he shouldn't run. Maybe he's not 
our strongest candidate, you know, yada, yada, bull. Not one of them is going to do. And by the way, if they did, uh, you know, showed that kind of courage, there's a reason no one showed that kind of courage because it's been the death <laughs> of the career of anybody within the party of anybody who does it. So, uh, no, I think they've, you know, they're all in the bottle with the scorpion and are, are too afraid to, to, to do anything other than, I guess, get stung by them uh, eventually. And like I said, the final stinger may be uh, whoever gets, get, gets, oh, the honor of being Donald Trump's VP. I mean, they're actually people like, like vying to be his VP. <laughs> You know, and, and that just well, tells you how far I will the point out going. that one of the front runners, and, and I think this is a great segue for after we take a break, but one of the front runners uh, pretty much endorsed Joe Biden this week, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah. It's like incredible. Yeah. But let's, let's take that break and uh, we'll come back with the next point soon. Support for that trippy show comes from Odoo. What is Odoo? Well, Odoo is the only software your business will ever need. Featuring a suite of integrated business applications, Odoo connects your business operations together so you get more done in less time. Odoo has apps for everything. CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, marketing, manufacturing, you name it. Odoo's got it. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash trippy. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash trippy. So, Joe, let's... Let's switch gears to Joe Biden here. Let's let's talk about that endorsement he got this week. Uh, it has been a very good summer for him, and it, it really does feel like we're just getting when started. You get but Marjorie but first, Taylor Green you... bragging on you, man. Who who would have thought? Yeah, let's let's listen to that for a second. Joe Biden had the largest public investment in social infrastructure and environmental programs that is actually finishing what FDR started, that LBJ expanded on. And Joe Biden is attempting to complete programs to address education, medical care, urban problems, rural poverty, transportation, Medicare, Medicaid, labor unions. And he still is working on it. Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, the best part was when when Biden, I don't know if you, if you caught this, but he 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 then uh, in a speech uh, said that he, He'd never been endorsed by her before, and this is like you know pretty pretty good stuff. So um, yeah, I, I mean, look out, folks. He's FDR. He's helping working people. It's it it is it it just shows you how far off the deep end these people really are. And look, she's the the I I think more powerful than McCarthy within the House Caucus. So and, and she's so. I don't know what the word out of it that she doesn't even realize that her attacks, you know, are big pluses with most of the electorate. That's how out of step she and the Republican MAGA uh, House and Trump are. Well, that's the 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 weird thing that I just don't. I will never understand why she said that. I don't think we understand why she says a lot of what she says. But if you look at everything that's going on for Joe Biden right now, I mean, like I said, great summer so far. Yeah. You look at things like. Uh, I think Moody's downgraded a recession risk again. I mean, most people are not only just saying soft landing now, they're saying that the risk is of a recession is is 
very low to just about gone. Yeah, that's going to be the if red you go mirage. To CNN right now, that's going to be the big red yeah, wave. If you go to CNN into, right now, you don't see that yeah. on the the front the page. Breathless inflation, it, it, gas prices all gone. Like it, what 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 re, what recession? It's like what red wave? Right. But the the real kind of and and this is as you're starting to see some of these bills that were passed last year really take hold. I mean, I mean, you and I were talking about this before the show. Some of what the ripple effects of things like the Inflation Reduction Act, I mean, they're really, really smart and could have long-term electoral impacts too. Yeah, no, and they're starting to take hold in, in a lot of the Midwestern states and places, the CHIP Act, et cetera, is all, you know, all those jobs are being created now, infrastructure is starting to, to actually happen. And so, no, I think um, that, it, you know, you look at all the economic trends, the job numbers, the inflation, I mean, going down faster in the United States than any country in the world, the strongest economy, um, uh, you, you know, uh, and, and I think people are starting, look, part of the problem's been that with wages have been increasing, but um, inflation was moving at a faster clip and people weren't, you know, look, people are still not keeping up, but that's really shifted a lot in the last three, four months, and it continues to shift in the right direction. Wages are still going up now at a faster rate than inflation. I think people are starting, going to start feeling that, and it's soon enough. I mean, often what happens, you get a delay. People, before they even, you know, it, it can often take three, six months where the economy's changed dramatically until people even start to, to, to feel it themselves. And so what often happens, and I've seen this in the, in, you know, in past presidential elections where things start to turn, but they start to turn so late that it's, it's not in time and people realize after the election, hey, it wasn't all that bad, you know, but now this thing is starting to move I and mean, it's been moving the right way because of Bidenomics and what Biden's done. It's been moving the right way for quite some time, but I think people didn't feel it because of the dynamics of inflation and wages. And I think people are going to start feeling it now and feel it in a way with enough time, given we're still a year out, uh, more than a year out, obviously, than the November 2024 election. There won't be a recession. Uh, if there is one because of Fed action, it's going to be, everybody agrees it would be shallow and not, not, not uh, and probably won't happen at all, but we'll, we'll see. I'm, uh, I'm not an economist, uh, but I don't, do know how the economy impacts voters and how inflation does. And that's the thing that, that always made me pretty solidly convinced that 2022 was different than people had thought, because that's when the inflation thing was off the charts. And with that, those kind of numbers, it, you know, back, going back to the 70s and the Carter years, you, you know, you see inflation, you know, we called it the misery index. It was it was right. up there at those kind of levels, and Democrats and it, the red wave didn't materialize because I think again people understood that it was the pandemic, not Trump or Biden, frankly, and they understood supply chain issues, all that stuff. They were, they still want to take it out on somebody. It's always usually the incumbent party, but Trump and the Republicans were so extreme, and the Democrats just kept doing the work, and that's how we want. That is going to continue now, except again, I think the plus side, uh, they're going to be th this the, the, the indictments, 
the way the Republican Party will turn itself into pretzels to stay with the MAGA uh, base and Trump, um, or to try to somehow keep those MAGA base voters in while they go after Trump and turn on him, you know, good luck with that. Th- that is going to continue. They're going to they're going to nominate some more crazies this year, just like they did in 2022. And I think, but the plus side of Bidenomics that that because these bills that were passed um, that he that you know that he accomplished with opposition with enough bipartisanship to get them done, because he you know, guys he, yes he's old but he's wise and he understands how Washington works and he gets things done. And he did, and right. people are going to start feeling that in a big way, I think, over the next uh, the next uh, nine, twelve months going into the election. Well, and and if you look at very specific point, there's a great Greg Sargent article again, which we'll link to. But his point was the two states that are seeing the biggest growth under uh, all these Biden bills yeah. are Georgia and Arizona. Yeah, a fifth, a full twenty percent of the spending in these Biden bills are in those states. And it, it, I mean, that's all you need to know. There's four Democratic senators in those states. Yeah. They've won running on stuff with Joe Biden the last couple of years. Um, it, it, that is very clear jujitsu. Yeah. One fifth of the investment is in Georgia and Arizona, massive climate investments along with manufacturing. And it's starting to re- resonate with voters. Uh, Warnock and Kelly ran hard on that infrastructure bill in 2022 and they won. And I think uh, Biden will be doing that in Bidenomics and the infrastructure bill in those two states uh, in 2024. And, you know, this also uh, cuts off a key Trump argument uh, at its knees that he's supposed to build. He was supposed to. I mean, it was infrastructure week every freaking week of his presidency that never happened. Um, And here it is. More manufacturing uh, jobs have been created. Uh, he didn't do it. Biden has done it. This is this is where I, you know, I actually, it, when I um, worked for Tom Bradley's race for governor of California in uh, 19, uh, gosh, 82, really dating myself here. But the, the <laughs> slogan was, no, the, 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 it, our message was he doesn't make a lot of noise. He just gets things done. Um, and I've been sort of thinking about that. And, you know, it, that's Joe Biden. He doesn't make a lot of noise. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to get it done. And damn it, he does get it done. Even when the, with, with probably the most, uh, you, you know, opposite, the, the, you know, a, a party that's out there in total opposition, trying to throw roadblocks up every chance it can get to stop him uh, from being able to accomplish these things. He's done it. And I think um, when you look at, I mean, just record uh, uh, manufacturing and also, I saw a couple of days ago that we were actually the the uh, U- United States actually produced record uh, oil uh, fossil fuel. <laughs> I mean, in other words, we're we're actually we have more oil production than at any point in our history, and it's happening under Joe Biden while while he's making massive climate investments. It you know he he gets it, all this deal. You know he's trying to shut down, we're all paying all these oil, uh, you know, gas prices because, because he shut everything down. It's bullshit. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're, we're doing what needs to be done and to help, you know, and, and with the, 
I know it's like one of these weird things where you you actually talk about oil production being the highest it's ever been in the United States, and of course there's a lot of people, uh, progressives that will 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 be you know what, but it totally just shows how crazed the you know the Fox and Trump and the the mega cult is that they they are out there basically. Uh, would make you think he's turned the faucet off completely and we're all going to die because, well, you know, our, our electric cars won't work or something. I don't, I, I can't even figure out sometimes what their arguments are, but he's proving them wrong. And I think it's going to become clear. Well, there'll be another one very soon. And it's not just the economy, folks. He, illegal border crossings are down to their lo- lowest point in two years. Now they've, the, they would have you think that the the the, ma- the biggest massive invasion in the history of the globe is happening down there, and the borders wide open. But again, it just shows you the power of Fox, of the 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 cult, and the the their amplification on social media and Trump, their ability to totally obliterate any of that of of that messaging. Uh, I, I mean, to their folks. I mean, how. That cult has no idea of any of this. Uh, And so I think, I do think people's lives are starting to change and they're starting to feel that. And I I believe Biden's numbers are slowly inching up and that the mainstream media coverage still has it all wrong and is still focusing on the doom and gloom. But I think people will, will get what's happening here. And again, Trump will make a lot of noise. The indictments will be distracting. Uh, I mean, in terms of the, just how much air, uh, oxygen sucked out of the room in terms of cover that that'll be the, the, you know, 24 hour coverage and, uh, or whatever the next Trump craziness is. But Joe Biden is in there and he's just getting the work done and it's making a big difference. And I think people will feel it. And that's why, there's some other reasons to be positive about uh, uh, about things that are going on out there, including you know Selena Lake's uh, piece. Uh, Alex, let's hit that really quick before we we run out of time. Yeah, let's get there before we run out of time because we're we're awfully close. But Selinda made a really good point, and I, I you know I'm sure she was researching this when she was on the show. She could have broken it on the show. I know and she, she didn't. didn't. So I'm she almost didn't. hesitant yeah, to bring it up. But, um, you know, this dovetails with one last mailbag question. This is from Isaac in Wisconsin. Where can Democrats continue to expand their base or put a dent in some of these potential third-party efforts? Trippy, you keep saying there are more of us than them, so shouldn't we be able to build the buffer a little bit? Yeah. I mean, as Selena points out, uh, and she said, why, why 2024 won't be a repeat of 2020? Uh, and you can thank Generation Z. Every year, 4 million young voters turn 18 every year, and 2.5 million older Americans pass away. Um, and, you know, there's some basic facts in those numbers, because um, between Trump's election, Selena points this out, between Trump's election in 2016 and the 2024 election, the number of Gen Z voters will have advanced by a net 52 million against that older cohort. That's 20% of the total 2020 eligible electorate of 258 million Americans. In other words, what's happening, yeah, 
the Trump base, as we know, is older. And the other thing we know about Generation Z is they don't buy into the homophobic uh, racism and a lot of the things that the Trumpism projects. And I'm not sure they're really into the authoritarian piece of it. Hopefully not. But, you know, basically, since Trump, young voters are turning out at a 25% higher rate, especially in midterms. You and I have seen this, but also in presidential years. So I think Celinda's on to something here, and she called this out. We'll put the, it in our show notes. But it's going to be very interesting because I think that generation may be the generation that saves democracy. And, and by, they're also driven by a lot of, uh, you know, I mean, they're not, they don't agree with where the Republican Party is on, on gun violence and, and the second, you know, and, and assault weapons being, uh, you know, on the street. They, they, they are totally, uh, I mean, these, this is a generation that, that basically for most of their school years have, have, have had to participate in, in mass shooting drills at their schools. Um, they have a totally different view on those issues. And I think, again, uh, the war on, uh, on Disney, the, the thing, I mean, just going after, uh, gay rights and, uh, it, it, it is something I think that this generation just doesn't, is not going to go with the GOP. If they lose this generation, by the way, and I've said this before on the podcast, if they lose this generation, they could really, um, be the death nail of a party because you can't, it, you know, when, when uh, Reagan's revolution attracted an entire generation of young people in early 1980, that's, that is the, the structure of that generational pull that he had is what made uh, it, it possible for the Republicans to win through, you know, w- you know, with Bush again and then Bush and then W. And even Trump with that older base as it grew old, uh, older. But if, if that, if they're losing, you know, the older voters that they've had from back in that period because of just that's the way nature works its course, folks, and at the same time are demolishing themselves with, with the biggest, gen- I mean, you know, a very big generation that's coming into power here. And that generate usually when a generation starts to vote one way, a generational uh, move towards one party or other, that generation stays in that party. Uh, for the rest of their lives, in most cases, uh, that ne- isn't necessarily baking the cake yet, but I do think that Trumpism is driving a tired generation away from the Republicans in a way that if they lose this generation, I think they're going to lose it because of their positions on these uh, on a lot of these issues. That you know, you've got a generation that looks at who do they blame for all this stuff that's going on, and they're, they're starting to look at the the Supreme Court you know, blaming Republicans. You know, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. But I think Selinda's right. And I think there's a lot of plus, you know, real positive stuff happening for Biden. And this generational change uh, uh, in the electorate is going to be another factor that people haven't really looked at. And I'm telling you, I really look forward to continuing to see how with the indictments, everything, everything plays out. I, I don't know. I still think that Trump's the nominee. I don't see any way that that changes, but, you know, hey, I'd love to see the guy off the field so that at least that part of the threat 
to our democracy uh, uh, can't, you know, the, even the, 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 just the possibility that he could return to the White House uh, should terrify everybody and, and make people, again, think about this election cycle as Trump versus democracy and don't split up that pro-democracy vote. So, Joe, that's got to be where we end today, but I think that's a really good point to end on. Thanks, everyone, for listening to that trippy show. A reminder that this podcast will always be free and is part of Resolute Square. Check out the latest at resolutesquare.com slash trippy. Please subscribe to that trippy show. Leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. You can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question and a review on iTunes. Please tell your friends if you enjoy the podcast, particularly as we get into the more into the 2024 elections. We're going to start looking at each state, uh, races in the states, uh, what really is happening with this indictment, and really keep our eye on how this Republican field shakes out. So I hope you join us. I hope you tell your friends to join us, and we'll see you next week.